Have you ever seen when, when a seed produces fruit, good fruit? We only see the fruit, do we? We see the fruit. Because what happens when that seed grows? The fruit, you don't see the fruit. Where does the fruit latches itself to? It latches itself in the stem. Do you know the fruit comes through the stem first before it goes out onto the branches? So the fruit that we see on a tree there, we only see the end product. And we can take an apple, we can take a, a banana and we can eat it. And how does it taste? It tastes nice. Because when the word is in us, it has grown. We produce fruit. And what type of fruit do we produce? Fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit fruits. Love, peace, joy, righteousness. All of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Because when we have that fruit of the Holy Spirit, we don't lose our temper. We, we, don't, we don't lose our control of our lives. Our lives are in one peace. We don't worry about tomorrow because we cast our cares upon the Lord for He will take care of it. That is when the seed is grown. Sometimes we look at our lives and I want us to examine. Look at, look at the fruit that we bear. Do we really see? Because the Bible says that you shall measure them and know them by their fruit. So when people look in your life, and at your life, do you show them how many cars do you drive? Do you show them how many houses do you have? Do you show them how many offshore accounts you have in Panama? Or do you show them, how, what do you show them? What do we show people? Because Jesus wants us to bear fruit. So for the word to be integrated in us, when we build on it, when we feed on it, and when we live by it, we grow through it. And when we grow through it, we have to produce fruit. But sometimes we look at our hearts and the soil, we are the soil. We are the soil. You remember when Jesus went to the cross and he died? By Jesus' dying on the cross, remember the seed went into a tomb. When the seed went into the tomb, it rose again on the third day. And when he rose on the third day, we are the results of what's sitting here today. We are the offspring of Jesus. And what did Jesus tell Adam in the garden? Be fruitful, multiply, occupy till I come. But we cannot do that if our heart is in a state of brokenness and it's, it's defiled. There's no fertility in our hearts. Because year in and year out, what do we measure ourselves by? Do we measure ourselves by the accomplishments or do we measure ourselves of what are we becoming? Because it's more the word as we look at the word and we grow in the word, as the word grows in us, we need to become more. We don't have to focus on our accomplishments because it's easy to have accomplishments. But what are we becoming? Do you slice open an apple and then you see there's a, a, an orange in it? Do you, do you, do you, when you peel a banana, do you, do you see there's an apple in it? We need to produce after our kind. And who's our kind? It's Jesus. We have to produce after Jesus. Because when we allow the word to integrate and to go in us and we bear fruit, it is the fruit that we bear. That will lead people to repentance. Because the fruit that we show is fruits of love, of forgiveness, of peace and everything. When someone reaches out to hate you, you don't have to hate them back. You have to reach out in love, demonstrate love. The world is too full of haters. When the world just want to take from you, you give. Because Jesus gave. Freely we have received, so freely we must give. But we need to examine our hearts today. Because out of the heart, flows the issues of life. You see, anything else, put your hand against your heart and here it beats. And sometimes when it beats like that, it tells you that you are alive, that Jesus is alive inside of you. 
that the Holy Spirit lives in you. But how can we not, how can we have this hardened heart? How can we have this heart that is blocked off, that is, has got an attitude towards God's word, that we cannot receive the word and be fruitful to produce fruit? Remember the definition of integrity. Remember, it's an incorruptible righteousness demonstrated over and over. So how can we demonstrate that if we don't have a receptive heart? If we're like a yo-yo, one day we're in the PSL and one, we in, one day we're in the NFD. And I won't mention teams like that. But we're like a yo-yo. The one day, this is Colin. The next day, this is Cokes. <laughs> the one day, this is Wayne. And the next day, this is Tom. Because the word must give us consistency. Let me give you this example. When you go, when you plant, who of you have planted tomatoes in your garden? A lot of us, when I was a youngster, we planted tomatoes. But if I plant tomatoes, I expect tomatoes, isn't it? I don't ex- if I plant a tomato, I can't get a potato. Sometimes <laughs> we get a potato in a fruit basket. But why? Because we don't have that integrity. Integrity means staying together at all times, not losing yourself. Demonstrating the right thing over and over. I need to finish now because... So the first point that we we looked at was building on it, feeding on it, loving by it, and growing on it. And here's here's what I want to say about when you have a willing heart, when you have a willing mind, when you have a willing attitude. Because that's that's where it all all comes in, the attitude of your heart. Now, here's what I want to say is that if if you have a teachable spirit, because you must be learned to be taught. A lot of us, when we teach something, there's no willingness to learn that that has been taught. So here's the thing. Look at, a, look at a sponge. If that sponge doesn't have pores and the water goes in and the water goes out, it means that's hardened. It's an unwillingness to learn or to be taught. We need to be soaking ourselves up in the Word as sponges. Let the Word soak in us, dwell in us richly. The sponge is the soil because whatever goes in stays in and gives life and will produce fruit. The fifth point is that we've got to act on God's word. The first one, we build on it, we feed on it, we live on it. Fourth one is we grow into it. And the fifth one is we've got to act on God's word. Now, a lot of times we are hearers of the word and we are not doers of the word. How many times have we said, I forgive you, but did we demonstrate this? How many times did I say, I love you, but did we demonstrate love? How many times did we say, hey, worry were you, but did we demonstrate our concern? To that person. Have we ever made time, you know, when someone said to you, you know, Brur, but net hope for me. Yeah, I'll but for you, but what stops you from praying for him now on the spot? Because we need to act on God's word. If we don't act on God's word, we'll be like the person in a mirror that sees his face and then when he walks away, he's forgotten how he looks. Because we, we don't act on God's word. And when we don't act on God's word, we are like we are like nothing. We are substanceless. There's nothing. Because we need to act on it. If we can't act on God's word, then the word of God is futile. Single-mindedness, for example. When the word is, is in us and is grown in us, it gives us focus. It gives us single-mindedness. The Bible declares in James, do not be like a double-minded person, tossed to and fro. Like any wind of doctrine, like the waves crushed against the rocks. But we need to be single-minded when we act on God's word. Don't act on God's word Monday and act differently on it the Tuesday. Because God's word is true and is pure. So when we allow for the word to, in, to be integrated in us, 
we will act automatically on it. The last point in terms of integrating God's word into our lives is that we must trust in God's word. A lot of times when we take the word, do we really trust God's word? Do we, when we read it and when we study it, do we really trust the word to say that I'll never leave you nor forsake you? Or does it sound like a, a fable story? Does it sound like a, a Walt Disney story? Because we need to trust in God's word. God's word is his will. If we don't trust in God's word, in who are we going to trust? David said, why so downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in God. We need to trust in the word. Because God's word is his will and his direction for our lives. In what are we trusting today? That is the question. If we don't trust in God's word, in what are we trusting? Are we trusting in the economy? Are we trusting in the world? Or are we trusting in our own selves? Because when we trust in our own selves, we become self-righteous. And God is telling us today, for the word to be integrated in our lives, God is telling us today that my word will stay from generation to generation. My word is everlasting. As far as the east is from the west, heaven and earth may pass, but my word will always remain. So even we will, we will pass. We will, we will pass on to the next life. But God's word will stay the same. We must trust in God's word. Because here it is, when we have the integrity as a believer, and one component what I've mentioned is not there, then we are broken. Then we are not together. We need to be integrated, so much integrated into God's word, is that we love, we sleep, we drink, and we eat God's word. When people see you, they see the word of God. Remember when Jesus came, he dwelt amongst us, and the word came to live amongst us, and the word was flesh. Now that is the example, that the word of Christ in us becomes flesh, and it becomes a demonstrating power of His mercy, of His goodness, and of His loving kindness. So the question once again is, how together are we today? Hmm? Do we have this integrity? Can we now clearly say that we are going to build on God's word? Can we clearly say now that we're going to feed on God's word? Can we clearly say that we're going to live on God's word? We're going to grow on God's word? We're going to act on God's word? And we're going to trust His word? Because that, that is really the six pillars of, in, of integrity. How do we integrate God's word into our lives? How do we integrate God's word in our lives? I build on it. I feed on it. I live by it. I grow through it. I act on it. And then I trust it out. What The last part when you're trusting it, that means you have to sit it out and wait for it to happen. Because that's when you trust. After you've stand on the word of God, after having stand, having done all to stand, stand. Because then it means you are trusting God's word. But we cannot stand and trust in God's word if we do not have a solid foundation. The incorruptible demonstration of doing something over and over, something right over and over. Can we truly say that on a Monday you are doing it right, on a Tuesday you are doing it right, on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday? Because that's what God wants us to do, to have integrity, the integrity of of his word because God's word is not one day this and one day that. He's the same yesterday today and forevermore. So when we look at our lives today and when we examine our lives today, just in closing, when we examine our lives today, can we truly say, as you hold an autopsy of your heart, if you take your heart out of your body, can you really look at your heart and say, okay, is this heart a heart after God? Can I really take it apart and say, what is there that is not of God in my heart. What do I need to take out? What do I need to allow the Holy Spirit to cleanse and take from that heart? Because we are all imperfect and we, and, and we make mistakes. We make mistakes. What is our attitude to God's word? What is our attitude towards our sister and our brother in trouble? You know, 
I know it's not a, a scream up and down shout message, but it's a message that is relevant. It's a message that is relevant because even for, for, for me, it's relevant because we need to have this in our lives. We need to know how do we then, we talk about this integrity, but how do we integrate it into our lives? How do we make Christ, this Christ, this Jesus Christ, how, does, how do we make it, how do, how do we soak ourselves from the top of our head to the soles of our feet? How do we do it? Because it starts with integrity, integrating His Word into our lives. Our everyday lives, not our Monday lives, our Tuesday lives, and our Wednesday lives. I want to close, and I, this is a second closing, but I want to close with what Jim Rohn, famous guy, motivate, motivational and also spiritual believer said. And here's, a, here's something that we need to consider. When I read this, let, listen, let, let, let me tell you. And, I'm, and, and if you can master this today, trust me, I, I, I am now training myself to do this because this has spoken to me directly. And I want to say this. Remember, remember how all of us get angry. Né? We get angry. We all get angry. I get angry. Have you seen me get angry here? Huh? Yeah, we all get angry. But let me teach you something now quickly. Né? What this guy said. He said, no one else makes us angry. We make ourselves angry when we surrender control of our attitude. You see? No. He says, no, no one else makes us angry. We make ourselves angry when we surrender control of our attitude. Because attitude determines how much of the future we are allowed to see. It decides the size of our dreams and influences our determination when we are faced with new challenges. No other person on earth has dominion over our attitude. People cannot, okay, people can affect our attitude by teaching us poor thinking habits, unintentionally misinforming us or providing us with negative sources of influence. But no one can control our attitude unless we voluntarily surrender that control. He says, no one else makes us angry. We make ourselves angry. We surrender control of our attitude. What someone else have done is irrelevant actually. We choose, not they. They, mere, they merely put our attitude to a test. If we select a volatile attitude by becoming hostile, angry, jealous, or suspicious, then we have failed the integrity test and the attitude test. If we condemn ourselves by believing that we are unworthy again, we have also failed the test. If we care at all about ourselves, then we must accept full responsibility for our own feelings. We must learn to guard against those feelings that have the capacity to lead our attitude down the wrong path and to strengthen those feelings that lead us confidently into a better future. If we want to receive the rewards God holds for us, if we want to receive the rewards that God holds for us in trust, then we must exercise the most important choice given to members of the human race by maintaining total dominion over our attitude. We must have total control. You see, the attitude and the heart, we must have total control of your heart because nobody, if somebody is allowed to do whatever they want to do with your heart, then they will control you. If they control, if they, if they can make you angry, then they control you. But we need to learn that. I, I, have, I have started to learn that, to say that, why must I, why must I give my happiness and my joy? Huh? to the devil or to somebody else because then he controls me. If I'm unhappy in life, that means that that person that has made me unhappy controls my, un my, my happiness because we have the key to our own hearts. We have the key to our attitudes. Huh? When we have the right attitude, 
we can do remarkable things because when we have the right attitude when you see a lemon you will make lemonade out of it because how you see things how you react to things it is our emotional nature that governs most of our daily things in our lives in our personal lives in our business world how we freeze about life's events is a powerful force that can either freeze us in the tracks or inspire us to greater to, to greater heights with the right attitude human beings can move mountains but with the wrong attitude we can be crushed by a small grain of sand so today in closing and then as as we have finished this the series now and and we'll we'll make it available as we as we meditate on the word you know take time to meditate on god's word take time and meditate on god's word this word and let it dwell richly in us and as we allow the word to be integrated in every facet of our lives you see the word is integrated into business the word has to be integrated into business because all business is god's business the business doesn't belong to the world it's like when you have your biggest and successful motivational speakers they do great things but they use god's word out of the bible they motivate people do you know that a lot of times this is our time people it's our word it's our god and we that know our god will do great and mighty things so as we meditate on this word and as we let this word be integrated into our lives into our homes into our into our children why does god say we must train up a child in the way of the lord we must train him up in the way of the word because when he is old enough he shall not depart from it but we need to take god's word seriously in the days the weeks and the months to come let's meditate on this word let's have a right attitude to god's word because when we have this right attitude to god's word we will see things with our spiritual eyes we will hear things with our spiritual ears and we will speak life with our spiritual tongue let this word dwell in us richly so and and when and when the word is in us richly we can affect other people's lives and just the final final closing i just wanted to say how can you or how can we give of ourselves if we are empty have you ever seen a car with no petrol driving we need to let the word soak in us so how are we going to reach out to our brother and our sister in need if the word is not in us richly so i want to encourage all of us today as we sit here including myself i have made it a point every day that i am studying i'm reading a new piece of a new a new chapter from a new book i have made it a commitment in my life every day to read a scripture to study the word and to make sure that the holy spirit gives me revelation and i'm putting the challenge to you i'm putting the challenge out to you do the same you'll see how god will let you grow fruit you'll see how the fruit in your life grows and that is the challenge every day sit around the table with your children or your family have a house altar you know don't just wait for the prayer marathon to start on a friday and let's start praying every day let the word of god dwell in you richly listen to teachings read good books listen to gospel music praise and worship music soak yourselves in the word what's ela dip yourselves as a oma dip yourself aan hy in die woord en dip jou wees gesook in die woord because wanneer jy vol van die woord is guess what die duivel weet al klein kan jy na jou toe kom nie he knows already integrity how to integrate god's word integrate the scriptures in your lives read the word of god study the word of god and make the word come out of your mouth because what good is something in you that you don't speak it 
Speak the word. Speak over your situation. Speak over your children. You know, I pray every day, God willing, I pray every day Psalm 91 over my kids. Every day I speak that word over them. I speak Psalm 23 over my kids' life every day, over my family, over my relatives. I have a book. I've made a book and I write people's names down. Whatever the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance, I pray. You know, whenever, whenever I see calamities in the world happening, I pray because we need to pray. We need to be sensitive. When the Word of God is in you, it, it is voice activated. You know the word in you is voice activated because it prompts you to pray. Pray for your family. If there's a need to go and drive to someone, please go and pray for them. Forgive them. Love them. Reach out to them. We are living in the last days. We are living in the last days, the perilous times of the, what the Bible speaks about. So we cannot do, afford to be without the Word. This is our measure, the Word of God that dwells richly in us, an incorruptible demonstration of doing right over and over. That is where the Word will lead us. Let's stand today. Let's stand today.